well, aren't kids great? Yeah, they uh, just say just what you want them to say. No, they're so unpredictable. So much fun. All right. Well, one of the most comforting names and titles of Jesus, I think, in all the Bible is Emmanuel. God with us. Miss Lori kind of unpacked that for us a couple weeks ago. But before we go any further, I, I just want to pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. And, and uh, thank you that you are here with us. Lord, we, we come in. Uh, and we, at this time of the year, just have all kinds of images about you. Um, baby Jesus in the manger, and the shepherds, and the angels, and everything else, and, and even uh, images that we have of you, Father, that, that maybe aren't so accurate. So I ask uh, that, Lord, if there are things that we think about you that aren't true, if there are lies that we believe about you, uh, we would ask that your truth would set us free and that we would see you in all your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. The people, people come here early. I don't know if you guys know this. like 6 o'clock in the morning. Every Sunday morning, there are people here praying and worshiping and praying just to kind of prepare this place. And, and uh, this morning... Um, one of the intercessors just told me, it's like, they said, today we kind of got this word from God that the services this morning would be all about important that we understand pace. There's a lot going on, but also um, it's just being, to be mindful of the pace that God is maybe unfolding and what God's doing. So, so now that you have that information, I will carry on, all right? Now... When, God, when actually our sins made it impossible for us to come to him, God took the amazing loving step of coming to us. Think about it. Every religion, including much of Christianity, begins with the mistaken belief that God is up there and we are down here. So we have to do something in order to reach God we imagine to be distant from us, pray, sacrifice, do a bunch of different things to somehow get his attention. We do all things, all kinds of things to try to bridge the gap between God and us. Yet the coming of Jesus, his advent into the world is the coming of God to us. Now, when you love someone, you like to be with them. Here's Jamie and Jessica. Oh, yeah. I see you guys curl up against each other. I'll uh, just be honest here. It's like I love my wife. I love to be with my wife. Actually, today, 30 years ago, we got married. So actually, it's my anniversary. It's all good. It was an arranged marriage. It was an arranged marriage. We were both only like five. So that's why you know I'm the youthful 35-year-old standing here today. Um, but, no, I was like, I was 21, she was 19. Um, but it's like, when she's not around, I'm not me. You know, it's like, I'm not the fullness of who I am. It's like, there's just something missing, because I love to be with her. When you love someone, you want to be with them, and you just don't feel quite complete if they're not around. Now, 
The same is true for God's love for us. Just think about the Bible. The Bible is a pretty amazing book, but if you look at it and kind of simplify it from Genesis to Revelation, it's really just a story about God wanting to be with us. God longing to dwell with us, to be in our midst. So you'll maybe be a little surprised to see the scripture that we're actually going to use for Christmas this morning. Uh, I was amazed when I saw this God with us scripture in all places, Zephaniah 3.17. Now I'm sure, as you were driving here this morning, I hope I hope the sermon is about Zephaniah 3.17. That's just the most amazing Christmas verse ever. But what's really cool about that is we actually, this is a God with us scripture. The New Living Translation does a great job of bringing out the fullness of God's love for us. It says, for the, God bless you, trying to keep in pace, okay? Maybe we just need to pace. I don't know. I don't know. For the Lord... Your God is living among you. He's a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you, Christmas tree in the way, with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Now, is that how you see God? I don't think so. I don't think that's a natural picture most of us have of God. So I'm going to ask... The Holy Spirit kind of will unfreeze our brains and our spirits to actually say, okay, if there's truth I'm not seeing, unfreeze me so this can kind of get down in. All right? All right, okay, like a big hairdryer up here. All right. Now, so the prophet Zephaniah gives us an Old Testament glimpse of Advent. According to him, Advent is a day of celebration for three reasons. Randy's going to be so proud of me. I've got three points. Because God is with us. Because God came to save us. And because God delights in us. That's really cool. Let's start with the first one. God is with us. Zephaniah 3.17. It says God is living among you. God is living among you. The word for God here in Hebrew is actually Yahweh. Which is actually God's personal name. It's, lot, it's, what, it's the name that actually he gave to Moses when he said, you know, you're going to come up against Pharaoh. Just tell him Yahweh sent you. You got a guy? It's like, you got a guy? Maybe it's like, you know, Joe sent me. Well, Yahweh sent you. Well, what's that mean? I am that I am. Okay, very good. Believe me, it's going to make a big impression. The coolest thing about Yahweh's name is it's kind of like it's his personal name. It's his calling card. It's, it's a name that is, is also uh, about God's presence because it basically says, I am with you. You know, I'm your ever-present helper. So it's like I'm, I don't just exist. I exist. I'm large and I'm, I'm in charge and I'm with you. I'm with you. So he's saying, I am is with you. You can just say, I am with you. I am our ever-present helper sent me. Now let my people go. And if you don't, watch out. Now aren't you thankful that God isn't detached or disconnected from us? 
He's not about distance. He's about attachment. He longs to be close to us. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Just like me, they long to be close to you. God longs to be close to us. Pace. I'm keeping pace, people. I'm performing without a net up here, all right? See, God's not about distance. He's about attachment. He likes to be in our midst. He likes to be in the middle of it. That's what he did in the manger in Bethlehem. He was born into this world, born into the midst of all that's going on. God with us. Imagine that... You know, I imagine as you came in this morning, you may be thinking like, does God want to be with me? Does he want to really be with me? Maybe he wants to be with you guys, because you're really spiritual. You don't mess up like I mess up. He longs to be with you. He longs to be with you. He's crazy about you. So we have this awesome, powerful, amazing God, and he really cares deeply about us, so much so that he came to be with us and let people know it's like he's not way out there and he doesn't, it's like he, he doesn't want to be dissing you. He wants to engage you all the time. And it's our job to set the record straight to let people know, oh, God loves you. He longs to be with you. It's my hope that when people come to the vineyard, they actually can feel God in this place. I hope you feel God. I hope you felt God as we were worshiping. I hope you feel God whenever it's like, and when Randy, you know, it's like just, you know, God gave him that scripture. It's like, Clinton, Beth, God's got your number. He knows you. Randy's dreaming about you. It's like there's, there's a message there. God's always wanting to communicate that I'm with you. And there's practical ways that we roll that out as we gather from week to week, and it's amazing. Randy describes our church as a church that runs on tears. Runs on tears. A lot of crying goes on around here. Many of the tears are the result of people experiencing God's love and acceptance instead of judgment and rejection. Truth is, God loves us. He enjoys us. He likes us. I remember when I was a kid, when you pass a note, do you like me? You don't, you don't pull out the big love where it's like, but someone likes you, it's like, that's better than love. Yeah? Because, I mean, let's face it, it's like, we have to love some people we don't like. God's saying, I love you and I like you. I love to be with you. I like to be with you. I like everything about you. Because I see the completed work that's being done. I've started this good work. I'm going to be faithful to complete it. And I do good work. Don't argue with me. Well... That's a good, I think that's good enough on that one. Say amen. amen. Amen, all right, great. Pace, people, pace. All right. Um, oh, <sighs> got to make this point. If you haven't noticed, I'm kind of weird. I'm kind of a misfit, and not a big surprise that one of my favorite shows this time of year is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hello, bam. Yukon Cornelius, Charlie in the box, right? The classic Burl Ives snowman, 
couple. Oh, see, Charlie's sliding around there. But best part of the movie, in my opinion, Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah, the island sanctuary with where all the misfit toys end up finding themselves. Who's the ruler? Let's say King Moonracer, right? What's cool about King Moonracer? I think he would be an awesome hunter because he's a lion with wings. I mean, the zebras in Africa have a hard enough time, you know, getting away from the lions. But you imagine if the lions had wings? Kind of scary. I'm thinking, no wonder he's in charge of this bunch. But lions with wings, he's still a toy, okay? Charlie in the box, of course. Who wants a Charlie in the box? They want a Jack in the box. A dolly for Sue. Do you see her? Is she there? I never really understood. I do some research on a dolly for Sue. Here's what I found out. People, I plan, okay? The show's producer, Arthur Rankin Jr., says Dolly's problem was psychological. <laughs> Caused from her being abandoned and suffering depression from feeling unloved by a little girl. So she ends up on the island of misfit toys. She's got a little Kleenexes in her little little dress, just Along some of the other honorable mentions, a birdfish. Who wouldn't want a birdfish? Toy bird that swims instead of flies. Of course, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer takes the lead in rescuing the misfit toys after gathering them all up, finding them a home where they're appreciated. Happy ending. I love that. Island misfit toys, God with us. God not really minding that we're a bunch of misfit toys. I'm kind of like the grape, gen, grape the, the, actually the squirt gun that shoots grape jelly. I think that's kind of my gift. I'm not a water guy, but I like sweet things. I've got a little sugar problem that I'm trying to get rid of. So don't give Barry the cakes. Don't feed the Barry, all right, this Christmas. He's got enough... He's got enough jelly in the old squirt gun, all right? Pace, pace, all right? All right. So, oh, where was I? It kind of sounds like the church. You know, we're a bunch of misfits in a certain way. Like, we're like, I don't know. One of the greatest things I love about the vineyard is, man, if, if you get kicked out of other churches, you'll probably be fine here. <laughs> because we all got kicked out. That's the big secret around here. It's like, we don't fit. And we have a lot of conflict around here because it's like, ah, I'm a Charlie in a box. Well, hey, I'm a Jack in a box. Get your Charlie together. I'm driving around here on my ostrich, and it's just amazing. Yeehaw. Dude, you got problems. But that's it. I mean, it's like we belong. We're together. And, you know, we're misfits. God's with us. He loves us. He's crazy about us. He doesn't really care. One of the greatest feelings you'll ever know is to meet and experience God who is part of our everyday life. God who not only cares, but a God who is very near. God with us, easily reachable. All right, Zephaniah also says that God is not only with us, but he came to save us. 
So the first name for God here was Yahweh, God's personal name. The second name that's used by Zephaniah is Elohim. That was the name of God in the garden when he's creating. Let us make man in our image. So we got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit tag-teaming this thing. He's a mighty Savior. They're all working together to get us home safe. Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father, they're all high-fiving. It's like, all right, I'll take Thomas from here. I'll take Barry from here. I'll take Delaney from here. It's like, all right, great, great. So they're actually working together. When you see Elohim, um, it's, a, it's a powerful name of God. It actually means creator, mighty, strong. See, God is tender and loving and welcoming, but let's not lose sight of something. God's not some sort of soft, sentimental emotion that has no strength to act. He's large and he's in charge and he's here to help us. God, through Jesus, shows us the vulnerable side of his love in the manger. Blows my mind. God, depending on Mary to feed him. What if she dropped him? Stuff keeps you up at night. I'm glad she took good care of him. But then we also see the other side of Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, blazing eyes, white hair. Hello. I mean, and he's there, and every knee's going to bow, and every tongue's going to confess, so he's powerful. That's our God. He's a mighty Savior. He's mighty to save. It's a, the word here is um, the same word used for David's mighty army. His mighty men, all those guys, they were kind of from the island of misfit toys. They kind of got kicked out, and they're all in a cave together going, David, David, right? Mighty. He's a mighty hero. He's a defender of the weak and the fatherless. And the express purpose of this mighty warrior is to save his people. He came to save us. There's no doubt about the outcome because... This mighty warrior, this mighty savior, is a warrior who triumphs. Right? He triumphs. I love that word triumph. Trish and I were talking about triumph because it's like we got some battles in this world, don't we? We got some people messing with us. We got some real challenge going on, some obstacles. God's saying, I'm with you, Michelle. Especially pregnant with him. I'm with you. It's like, I'm, I'm going to fight for you. It's like, you're going to make it. You're going to succeed. You're going to be victorious. And I'm going to be cheering you on. I'm with you. You're going to feel my power and my strength. You're going to feel my jealousy that it's like, you're going to make it. I love that about God. And ultimately, you know, we see him as this mighty Savior. Ultimately, saying it's like, hey, I love you this much. And it's like, I love you this much. And his love is there and says, come on in. Come on into my kingdom. Enough on that one. Let's finish up with a really fun one. God delights in us. Whoa. Okay, let's do this. Put your seatbelts on. Got them clicked? Good. Hold on. Get some duct tape, put it around your head. Don't want to blow your mind. God delights in us, Zephaniah says. Here's a prophet. Hundreds of years before Jesus got on the scene, it's like, I get this Messiah. I get it. He delights in us. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. 
He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. He's an overjoyed father. He's like the father welcoming the prodigal son home. It's like, I mean, he's not, it's like, whoa, he's going to run for us. Here's a picture that's beyond belief. Here is mighty God in all his holiness regarding me and regarding you. How does he feel? He will take delight in you with gladness. With love, he will calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Let's break this apart so you don't miss any part of this. Delighted. God is delighted with you. He takes delight in you and rejoices over you with gladness. Almighty God looks at you and his heart is made glad. You have made me glad when I look at you. Never once does he regret the price he paid. You are his delight. You are his great delight. My little baby nephew is here today. Raise up Dawson. That's my brother. Okay. Dawson made me a great uncle. Now, I've always been a great uncle in my opinion, but he literally made me a great uncle because my niece had him, and therefore I've got a great nephew. All my other nephews are okay, I guess, but he's great, all right? So keep the baby in mind. It's like, it's awesome, all right? It's like my brother is kind of happy. I mean, Dawson's like, like my brother told me, it's like Christmas, Mom, no one's going to pay any attention to any of us anymore because we got this baby in the family. It's like, and we love that. You know, he's awesome. We take delight. And you welcome, uh, welcome Dawson. We're glad you're here. Yay. Okay. Love the little guy. He's amazing. All right. That's how God feels about you. I mean, he's holding you up. Hey, there's Pam. He's delighted with you. Calm. Don't we need some calm? You're probably saying, Barry, get some calm going on up there. Calm. We see God's love from another angle here. With love, He will calm all your fears. Anybody else out there scared like me? I get as scared sometimes. I get as scared, but I'm glad that God is there. It's like, okay, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. I'm with you. I'm a savior. I love salvation because I am saved. I'm being saved. I will be saved. It's awesome. Are you saved? Yes. But I'm also being saved and I will be saved because God loves me. He delights in me. He's helping me. He's calming my fears. The Greek says he will, he will renew you with his love. He will renew you with his love. If you just feel like, ah, this need to be renewed, refreshed. I need some oil of Olay. Just let God calm you, Okay. Calgon, take me away. Just take a bath in his love for you. See, that's why I want him to hold up Dawson, this sweet little baby. Here's a picture of perfect contentment. My niece Emily holding Dawson against her. Or, you know, it's like, I know when I held him and I had his little face up against my cheek, and I'm like, ah. Oh. Just I'm quiet, he's quiet, we're having a good moment. You know, it's 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 just amazing. Silent in our love for one another. God just cuddles us up and says, Hey, I love you. Psst, psst. Say, nope, 
Not a word. Not a word. But, but, nope, not a word. Wordless adoration. It's like the husband who looks into his wife's eyes. Just a loss for word. Clint and Beth, that's why you got that word. It's like, we see it. Clint's giving Beth a look. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No words seem adequate. You're just quiet in his love. He's like, babe, you know. Let that sink in. The Almighty God looking at you, looking at me with a look of perfect contentment on his face. We're not perfect yet. Well, theologically, we are perfect. We are as righteous as Jesus Christ theologically, but we're still a work in progress, right? God knows that. And he's like, but once again, I'm going to finish this work. I started in you. Don't worry about it. We're going to make it. Breathe, people. Breathe. Okay? And the love that God has for us is a love that never fails, regardless of our feelings. He doesn't change. Singing. Okay, I hope the seatbelts are still on. You can unbuckle them if you want to. Then we read, the silent contentment doesn't last for long, because you're like, I'm holding you strong. I've saved you. Let's dance. But on you. I don't know. So here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is so good. All right. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. God can't contain himself. He starts singing loudly over us. That's amazing. Sorry. I'm just talking to him. All right. John Piper um, actually commented on this in, in Zephaniah 3.17. Zephaniah 3, and he, said, he asked this question. Can you imagine what it would be like if you could hear God singing, he goes on. Remember that it was merely a spoken word that brought the universe into existence. When God speaks, everything gets created. Imagine what happens, Bridget, when you hear God's song over you. You'll change. He's got a song for each one of us. And he sings that song over us loudly because he wants us to hear it. I have this suspicion that a lot of times you're driving down the road trying to loosen your load, right? <laughs> and you're listening to the radio and all of a sudden there's a phrase or something that gets your attention. It goes into the depth of your heart. I have a feeling some of those are God's songs over us. I think some of those great standards we hear, it's like people were inspired. That may have been God's song over them. They just kind of directed another way all right so he goes on what would happen if god lifted up his voice and not only spoke but sang well i think a new heaven and a new earth would come down but in the meantime there's a whole lot of change waiting for us if we can start hearing his song over us the unique song he has for each one of us he does sing over us he is so joyfully happy that he cannot contain himself. He bursts into elated singing, but he does more than just sing. The word rejoice is translated from a Hebrew word that means to spin around with violent emotion. Ah! Okay? That's my best. I can't do it many times or someone else said to me. Okay. No, no, not one more. You'll have to just capture that, okay? 
Thomas is a good illustrator of like this kind of like, he knows, I mean, I think if you see Thomas dance, just imagine that's what the Father in Heaven is doing over me. He's like, woo! Bridget's song, here it comes. I don't know if you've got an air guitar or whatever, but it's like, but he's spinning violently, singing. He's not some God up there with a thunderbolt. He's like, I love you. That's just light show. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. See, God does the happy dance and sings the happy song over us. There's a, a, a worship song we sing sometimes called Dance by Susie Wills, Yare. And actually, she gets this because one of the words or one of the phrases in that song says, you, and she's speaking of God, says, you spin over me. You spin over me. You do this violent, happy dance over me. And you are pleased when I spend myself on you. I'm going to let go now. Really let my dance come forth. I loved it when Randy was dancing with the children last week. That was so cool. What I love about Israeli culture when we were, uh, when Trish and I were in Ohio, we were around all these Messianic congregations. I tell you, what I love about those, those Jewish people who love Jesus, they know how to have a good time. I started hanging out with these folks. The women sat, the men danced. I'm like, whoa! And don't you know we've got a Jewish father? <laughs> don't we know we've got a God who's like, he's into this. Yeah, he knows how. He knows how to do this. And, and it's like if you see God's chosen people getting it, getting a clue, that's why. I think they're just mimicking what he's doing. I think if we could just keep our brains unfrozen long enough, keep our spirits unfrozen long enough, and actually let this sink in, we'll be changed. Yeah, I think God has a unique song for each one of us. Maybe be like the best of. Like there's like, oh, I not only have one song over Delena. This is the one I need to sing over because she needs she really needs this song today. Well, I think if we really get this, if we really start seeing this picture of this that actually Zephaniah kind of helped us see who actually showed up in the manger, we won't be the same. Just, and we won't be able to keep this good news to ourselves. So that's why I pray we'll share. And that we'll have a lot more fun this Christmas because of it. Amen? Okay, great.